thought leaders, storytellers and griots sharing personal highlights on stories of the week. So there's a story that I feel has not received as much attention as it probably should have received, not just in South Africa, but globally as well. It's the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, the IPCC, launched the latest report on the climate crisis. It's called the AR6 Synthesis Report, Climate Change 2023. And it summarizes five years of reports on global temperature rises, fossil fuel emissions, climate impacts. What we do know from reading the summary is that things are looking particularly bleak. And it seems to me that we should be seeing much more comment, not just from citizens and from activists, but also from governments as well. We thought we'd uh, chat to Liz McDade. She's a strategic lead at the Green Connection to try and find out what some of the main findings were. Liz, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning to you and all your listeners. Liz, let's uh, try and explain this in the most simple 101 terms so that people like myself can actually understand what the findings that have come out of the IPCC, uh, this particular report, is saying. I could sum sum it up in one sentence, but I'm going to go a little bit more than that, uh, which I think you did as well, is I think for the world, we know we've got this thing called climate change. We know that due to our emissions of fossil fuels um, since the 1800s, that we have affected the climate systems of the globe. And what that's doing is leading to severe weather changes. Um, so we have more storms, we have more floods, we have more droughts, Um and the planet overall is getting warmer. I think and each every so many years, so five years, um, there's a group of international scientists that have come together from all different countries who then write about what is happening in the climate. So this is the latest report. And what they do is they come up with models to predict how fast and how bad things are getting and what we can do about it. Um, So I think key highlights are that we have already warmed by one degree, which doesn't sound very much, but remember that's not equal over the whole globe. And even with that one degree, we are seeing huge changes. Some countries are being sort of flooded, ocean level rises, storms, etc. So so that's, I think, a key takeaway. And The other key takeaway is that we're supposed to stay within 1.5 degrees if we can. That's the scientists say that will, if we can stay 1.5 degrees, then hopefully things won't be too bad and we can recover from there. So I think that's another key takeaway. So we're already quite far down the line. Um, And I think then the, the, the other important issue is of, uh, which is, it's not new, but again, it's been emphasized is we need to reduce our fossil fuel emissions and we need to change our behavior and shift to different types of um, like renewable energy, etc., to and move away from coal, which is, of course, important for. So, Liz, what's what's perhaps oh, I don't want to say interesting because it sounds terrifying. Interesting about this. Hi, Liz, are you there? Okay, we seem to have lost Liz. We're going to try and get her back on the line. Uh, We'll do that as quickly as we possibly can. But what I will do is give you some of the main findings from this report. 
What is the report? The report is the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, which is the IPCC. They have launched a report, and what they did was they summarized five years of scientific reports on global temperature rises, fossil fuel emissions, and climate impact. Now, there is, as Liz says, we're currently around 1.1% of global warming, and it is very likely that by 2030 we will receive we will reach 1.5% and they are projected to increase by 3.2% on global warming by 2100. Now, that may not, as Liz says, sound like a lot, but if you look at some of the mapping that people have done with regards to that, it is actually hell of a dramatic. And the IPC has quote-unquote said that they are high confident and confident in a negative way that the risks and adverse impacts from climate change will escalate with increasing global warming and that we need to decrease our emissions by at least 43% in the next six years. That's to 2030 and that's compared to 2019 and to at least 60% by 2035. And it's a decisive decade that we are all living in, that uh, we are living in as adults and that we work, the people who work in business are living in, that government is living in. And certainly if you have children, you want to know that your children are going to be able to live a world beyond 2035. It seems to me that we are really struggling to get Liz on the line. So, oh, no, the girls are saying that Liz is on the line. So we're going to go back to uh, Liz McDay. She's a strategic lead at the Green Connection. Liz, uh, I'm hoping that you're with us now. I am. Sorry, I don't know what happened there. You disappeared. Yeah. So, Liz, <laughs> let's just, uh, we are talking about this report. It is a, a summary of five years of reports. You know, some people might say, oh, this is just a more climate kind of anxiety and let's not go that route. The reports that have been covered, talk to us about them and uh, where they come from, the scientific reports. So there's a group, I mean, it's more than 400 uh, scientists that work on this um, and they've been doing it over time. And I think what's also important is you get different working groups. And so you get reports that come out about mitigation, which is how to reduce the the emissions, the carbon emissions, um, in order that we don't warm up the planet too much. And then we have the other working group, which looks at adaptation, uh, which is saying, okay, so we've gone through a certain amount of warming, things are going to change, how do we adapt? And then there are other streams that are coming through, which is what about the money? Um, Because remember, that most of the damage is caused by the developed world who was, you know, plowing away at their coal and their oil long before us in Africa had uh, thought about um, taking advantage of these resources. And now we have the resources and in order for us and anyone else to survive, we basically have to stop using them so the other issue that comes up is what what is the amount of money and who's supposed to pay um so i think that's that's also something that we need to think of in south africa the other thing i think is we don't all have to go doom and gloom and there is action that we as as citizens can take and what would those actions be liz so right now i have to say i hear that and i think okay what is it we as individuals can do that are going to make a difference? And I think, is there anything we can do? Should I even bother, you know? 
Yes, exactly. But I think that's for me is that, yes, we must all bother because that's the way we're going to fix it. But I, I want to just focus on something which doesn't get much attention, but is something everybody can do. Yeah. So in your local council, there's a budget every year. Yeah. And part of that budget is about fixing infrastructure. Now, due to climate change, when the road washes away, it's likely to continue to wash away because because of the climate change, for example, maybe there's there's now heavier rain over a shorter period in your town. Mm. So have your input and go and, and and say to the city council, your infrastructure for roads, stop building the road at the same place at the same level. You know, build a build a bridge so that the the water can get out underneath it and doesn't wash the road away. Yeah. And all the you know, so start looking at that, looking at your low-lying areas, make sure that there's space for water if it is going to come down like that to get away and not wash away houses. How do we fix roads? How do we make sure they're gutters? And those those things will help us by A, making sure that the government's not wasting money, and B, actually help us to be more resilient to whatever climate change is coming at us. So I think those are the things that we as ordinary people can do all over South Africa. Um, that's, yeah, that's one aspect. Realistically, uh, you know, if we look at these um, projected, you know, the projection of increased global warming by 3.2 to 3, by 3.2 percent to Mm. by 2100. Now, I'm not going to be around anymore. I imagine unless you are very lucky, you won't either, (laughs) which means our kids and our grandchildren will be. And they're going to have to be the ones who really are going to have to be part of this terrible, terrible situation that will move forward. So it means that this decade that we are currently in is probably critical because it means that all of us who have been <coughs> responsible need to act. Yes. Do you think we get yes, that sense? That's your do you big... get that sense? So this is, of course, um, what is the critical thing is I, I get very fed up when I hear people going, yes, we must go and talk to schools. Um, no, the school kids, are they didn't cause it, and mm. they can't do anything about it. It's the adults. It's the people who are in decision-making power now. And I want to urge all South Africans to stand up against, for example, all of this offshore and fracking ideas that South Africa has. That is absolutely impossible for any kind of climate solution for us to be drilling out oil and going for gas. So sign the petitions, go for the protest um, as adults. And I would also say, talk to your bank. If, especially if you're in your 40s and 50s and you might have a bit of cash, go talk to your bank. Uh, where are they putting their money? Tell them to stop putting money into fossils. Not for you, but for your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren. Those are the generations that we are trying to save um, and whether history will remember us as being good or bad depends on us. I do. Um, I was at a very interesting uh, conference a couple of days ago, which focused on corporates and ESG, and that is um, how they look at environment, society, and governments. And there was a comment mm. made that the ESG, this, the E in ESG, may very well shift to C, as in climate. Uh, climate society and governance but what struck me was the conversation around investing and if you are someone who invests that you can put a certain amount of your investment into uh, 
certainly into organizations and companies that are supporting climate that are uh, climate and and just transition and corporates that are supporting society and governance as well yes and even look at what corporations do look at your shopping center look do they have recycling things might be very simple but we need to get plastic out of the um out of the environment um, because that's choking up everything and that's an oil product. So, you know, look at also how often you fill up your tank with petrol. If you can afford it, look at an electric vehicle. You know, d- d- different people with different levels of, of income can do different things. But, um, you know, when you go to the, the daily clinic, even have a look at what are they doing, what are they using, you know, packaging comes from oil. So it, the less demand we have for environmentally unfriendly things, the less energy we have to use to make them. And so whatever you can get away with not using, that helps us to address climate change. So, you know, less packaging and things like that. You are the strategic lead at the Green Connection. Your organization focuses on active citizenship and much of what you have been talking about here is active citizenship. In closing, do you believe that through citizenship we can make the change? And you need to be honest here. Or is this going to be something that governments have to control? Governments have to do it because they have to make policies and rules. But they won't do anything if the people of the country don't stand up and shout at them. So we have to be the people to tell our governments what to do. And if I can just end with saying in the artscape this, at the end of this week, there's a fantastic um, performance, young performance, um, young dancers who have put together a performance about our ocean, our future, which is focusing on the climate change mm. issues. Um, and I think everybody should be doing things like supporting those kinds of groups, going to those things, signing petitions, all of these things, and writing to all those people who are funding and continuing to fund the wrong things. Liz McDade is the strategic lead at the Green Connection. And uh, if you want to find out more about that summary of the report, it's called the AR6 Synthesis Report, Climate Change. It was put together by the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, IPCC, governments from around the world looking at five years of reports. And perhaps most important for us to realize is that the losses and damages caused by climate change will disproportionately affect the poorest and most vulnerable populations, particularly those in Africa and the least developed countries, creating even more poverty. We need to make a difference and we need to make a difference now. 748.